It is Thursday, October 12th. I'm Scott Tadman. I'm AJ Hoffman. The Diamondbacks sweep the Dodgers out of the postseason. And we start week six of the NFL. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Chiefs and Broncos kick off week six of the NFL. Diamondbacks sweep the Dodgers. Astros get by the Twins. And the Phillies, one win away from eliminating the Braves. An all-Texas ALCS. How about that? What and is the Vegas lead, Scott? Connor Bedard scored his first ever oh, NHL goal. Stop the presses. Stop the presses. I still like Luke Hughes to win the Calder Trophy. But <laughs> we haven't seen him play yet. He hasn't played a game yet. Get on the ice, Bedard's bro. played two already. It's Get not fair. Nice. We'll talk hockey later on in the program. But, yes, AJ, the Vegas lead is going it's to the be. the Vegas Aces. They're dominating. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, 104 76 okay, we'll win. Talk, I, I, no, well, <laughs> I would say we'd talk about that later, but you just basically gave everything I've got on that. That's it. We're good. Uh, 2 0 series. I think they covered. They covered. Let's talk about week six of the NFL, which kicks off tonight, Thursday night football between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos. My question for this game, one, the weather's going to have an impact. It's supposed to be windy in KC, about 18 to 20 mile per hour winds for this game tonight. But how healthy is Travis Kelsey and what can we expect from him in this game where the Chiefs are a 10 and a half, 11 point favorite? Yeah, it looks like the ankle is is acting up and this feels like a game where they'd want to limit what he does. You mentioned uh, winds look like they're 17 to 23 miles an hour, 80% chance of precipitation at game time, uh, temperature in the mid fifties. So football weather, it, it's fo- It's certainly football weather in the Midwest, especially. So uh, yeah, as far as Kelsey though, if this were a game where the, you know, the, and the chiefs don't really have these games very often where they know they're going to run and hide from someone, they tend not to do that in general. You'd think that they'd want to have Kelsey limited, but I, I, I don't know if they're in a position to do that. I, I think that especially in the first half, we see Kelsey out there tested at least mm-hmm. uh, see what he can do. And if they ever get a comfortable lead, I think you see a lot more Noah Gray. So would you play under Kelsey props? Because- I would I, it, like because there's still a, a real possibility that he just doesn't play. Well, then you get and your money you back. You get your money back. Yeah. And it, there's a possibility he's out there. And then he says, ah, this isn't great for me. Um, mm-hmm. So well, he I, scores his one touchdown early and he calls it calls it a night. I, I His total right now is under six and a half receptions. I'd look at the under there. I like that. Um, I, I think that there are overs to look at as well, namely over receptions on Jarek McKinnon. Uh, because with these wins the idea is going to be hit some short passes. Mm-hmm. Like there's no need to, to go down the field and not that the chiefs have any downfield receivers at this point. But I, I think that McKinnon feels like a guy who's going to be more involved in the offense because it's going to have to be an offense that, that stays in that five to 10 yard range. So if we're looking at McKinnon receptions, one and a half over I, minus one seventy five. I think he goes over. I like that as well. And then if we're looking at Kelsey, you mentioned it's six and a half. The under is minus one thirty. I like the under there. Okay. So eh, that that's that's maybe a nice little same game parlay. Maybe so. Uh, but Jarek McKinnon, yeah, one and a half. I like that. So I think it could be a, a Pacheco night. I think if we're looking at 
like maybe a combo rushing receiving yards for Pacheco because you know that sometimes he's involved in the passing game. I like his rushing number, but it, I feel really – I'd get upset if he catches one of those little pop passes from Mahomes. Yep. You know, the little underhand it's, it's flips a, or whatever. passing And yards. it counts as a pass, and it's really a running play, but it's a passing play, and Pacheco takes it for, you know, <laughs> 80, 70 yards or whatever it is. Uh, but, yeah, his receiving yardage is 12.5 for Pacheco. His rushing yardage is 74.5. Add those together, we're looking at 87 and his combo rushing receiving yards is like 90. So, yeah, I, I think I think this is a Pacheco day as well. Although I could see them working Clyde Edwards Alaire into this game. I, I think they're going to be running most of the day. Yeah. Uh, so that's a game. So do we think that like the Broncos just aren't covering this? Like, are we are we so anti Denver here that we think Kansas City wins this and covers a double digit line? Here's what I know is Patrick Mahomes has never lost to the Broncos, but the Broncos keep covering against him. So I I, I don't feel that way. I'm I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to say the Chiefs cover this game. I don't have a good feel for this number feels about right to me. Denver's defense is just historically bad. Like it, it's it's awful. Yeah, and, and I can't. Tr- like everyone expects it to be just the, the high scoring game because it's the Kansas City Chiefs. But the weather's really screwing me up. If there was no weather in this game, first of all, the numbers higher. Yeah, but and second of all, I think we'd like go over everything for Kansas City. But I, I don't know what to expect with this weather. It changed, first of all, to Thursday night. Primetime unders are all the rage, 60%. And I like the first half under as well. And I think weather, it's just, it's a, such a big unknown with the weather. Yep. That I think we have to be cautious. Here to help us break down Thursday night football is the only two time winner of the Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Good morning, Fez. Good morning. How are you, Scott? I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. I know we postseason is in full swing, the start of the NHL season, college football, NFL. This is the best time of the year. It's the worst postseason in the history of the planet. The WNBA has been horrendous, and MLB, you you cannot make a case that there's ever been a worse MLB postseason other than, if, I guess, if you're 11-0, maybe. Yeah, I feel uh, great about this postseason. The Las there Vegas Aces are up 2-0. How can this be a hurry? Yeah, they're dominating. There, there's no close games. There's no drama whatsoever. There was, like, one one dude got, like, like was rounding second and, and got thrown out back at first, and that was, like, the one dramatic play of the entire postseason. Everything else has been terrible, right? I thought you were complaining that there's no drama in the WNBA Finals. Like There you, is none. Were you watching, waiting to see if there was a close game with two minutes left? There, I, I I bet live New York plus eighteen, and they lost by like a zillion. So you're mad because you made a mistake, is what you're saying? Yeah, you yes. Bet against, against the you home bet team. against Vegas. I'll, I'll I'll almost for sure be on the Liberty. Game this three. is Titletown, USA, Fez. I don't know if you know that, but absolutely. We were on the uh, Golden Knights yesterday, and uh, easy winner, easy winner when they raised the banner. All the money against you. Yeah, and get you they saw, were all you saw wrong, that, and it was all wrong. They were all of course wrong. It's all wrong because people want to be contrarian, Fez, but they don't look at the they don't look at the reality of the situation that one team owns the other team, and history was on our side. Sixty three percent defending Stanley Cup winners in the opening game of the season at home. How do you bet against that? Wait a minute. What do you mean, sixty three percent? Straight up, all time, hundred and two season openers. That's probably. I mean, they probably lost. They're they're probably laying, but the, the defending champions probably laying more than one sixty three at home, I right? I don't care about the profit loss margin. <laughs> I care about who's winning the game, right? I mean, you think I'm care? You think you think 
90 something years ago and wondering how much money some guy lost? No. Well, I, I mean, wanted to know if Vegas was going to win that game and you know what? History told me they were going to win it. Well, that that'd be interesting. I would I would go. I don't think there was as much parody in hockey um but I'm not a hockey expert, but I would imagine the home opener that probably the average lay was minus 180. But I could be wrong. I don't know anything about hockey. That line was all over the place in the opening night. I got Vegas minus 154, closed at minus 175. We call that closing line value in the business. It did not. You're you're mistaken, sir. Mistake. Wrong. Oh, where to close that? Wrong. It closed minus 152. Oh wow. It it cratered downward. So you're saying if a last minute people came Good in and, day, sir. and were betting Seattle? You, you I had mine. Well, well, I wish I wish that I was at the book to watch all that money come in so I can laugh at all those people so going up to the counter. So shines a good bet in a weary world. All right, let's look at the Thursday night football match that we've got here tonight. And Patrick Mahomes takes a record of 11 wins and zero losses into this game with the Denver Broncos. Has... Never lost to the Denver Broncos, Jinx. but will the Chiefs cover 10 and a half points? That is the question. Broncos covered both games last season. Fez, we talk a lot about the Kansas City Chiefs not really being a team that gets margin uh, against lesser opponents, but this is also the worst defense in the league, uh, at least in the discussion for worst defense in the league. Depends on how you feel about the Bears, but... I mean, this should be a game where Patrick Mahomes kind of has a coming-out party, right, for this season? Yeah, and it's not even an argument. Denver's given up seven yards per play. As bad as the Bears have been, their D's only given up 6.1. So it's Well, not... they played the Dolphins. Like, I mean, the Bears haven't played the Dolphins. If they did, I'm, I bet it'd be pretty close. Mm, Dolphins the Bears would... played the Chiefs, and now the Broncos are about to play the Chiefs. Yeah. So. Now the Dolphins would have to average 13 yards per, per all right, all right. To, to get them on a level playing field. Um, I'm torn here because my numbers make Kansas City 11 and a half. And my gut says, you know, they got, they got nobody left to throw to. Kelsey's going to be hampered, and there's no reason to, you know, do other than put him on a pitch count in case, you know, use him if you need him to win the game. So uh, there's going to be high winds, so that's going to slow down the Kansas City attack also. So if the Kansas City offense is only going to score 24 points, 27 points, it's going to be awfully difficult to cover, but I don't want any part of Denver. Dysfunctional locker room. We, we talked about how – I talked about how Sean Payton got a vote of confidence after his first win from management. Hey, they told the players, we have every confidence in our Hall of Fame future coach. Well, maybe he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe he won a Super Bowl because he had Drew Brees, who was quarterbacking for him. It, uh, it, looked, it looks to be a disaster in Denver, so I'm on the sidelines. Uh, total looks to be 47, almost all the way across the board. Uh, has come down a tick, like you said. I think weather related, but I mean, in general, when you when you talk about the Chiefs and the, the lack of weapons that they're going to have, and you also talk about the Chiefs who have been very good defensively so far this season, does this feel like a, a low scoring, grimy Thursday night under? Hmm. It, uh, it it seems too high given the 20 mile an hour wind forecast and the fact that Kansas City has morphed from a high scoring team to defense is playing well. So they're more mid-level, but I don't want to step in front of Denver and their pathetic defense. I'll, I'll probably be on the sideline. I opened as high as 51. So you miss, you missed the best of the number. Well, Mahomes 29, 22 and one to the under in home starts nine and three to the under at home over the last two seasons which seems to be like counterintuitive because it's Mahomes and the Chiefs, but the numbers are just always posted so high and the Chiefs defense plays well. 
it seems like Mahomes in Kansas City oftentimes it they they put the kibosh on the over also with their four minute drill mm. where there's like six minutes left and they just run run they get run. the football back against the Jets with seven and a half minutes left in the game and the Jets never see the football again at midfield how is that possible and Mahomes slides down at the one yard line there you go yes <laughs> seems like great a, example seems like a Pacheco night mm. Pacheco Clyde Edwards Alaire seems like it's going to be their night tonight for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know. I think Pacheco, you know, he he got so many so much in yardage when he went back to the Meadowlands that I'd be concerned that they're going to set his totals higher from that one game where he was the home run spot. Mm. But against the Vikings last week, Pacheco even did his thing. I mean, 55 yards uh, and a touchdown. What's his what's his rush yards at? Rushing yards. 75 and a half. Yeah, it's high. That's high. That's really That's high. high, especially with load management. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be playing. He runs so hard, I could see him, you know, um, I Clyde, give Clyde Edwards Hilaire some carries. When but I'd rather, I'd rather instead of taking a Pacheco over rushing yards, and we can talk about this, you know, another, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a same-game parlay for tonight, and we'll put that on the Dream Preview feed. I think that we can go Pacheco longest run. Mm. Because he's a home run guy. Yeah. And if he, he can break a 20-yard run, but then finish the game with only 60-something yards. Sure. I agree with that. So that would be something that I would look towards. Uh, I don't know about the number here. It's high. Chiefs or pass is really the way I look at this game. Only because of how historically bad the Broncos' defense is. But if the weather's going to play that much of a factor and they're not going to be passing as much, it certainly changes things just based on the Broncos. Their, the, the, the weakness of their defense is their passing defense. They've allowed a passer rating of 124.6 through five games, the fifth highest in the Super Bowl era. Hmm. That's how historically bad this defense is against quarterbacks. Yeah. And as far as their and their completion percentage allowing 77.3% highest through five games in the Super Bowl era. And a messed up locker room on top of that. I don't yeah. want to invest in teams with messed up locker rooms. <laughs> what about the you, you mentioned Travis Kelsey probably on a pitch count. What about some unders on Travis Kelsey? Like six and a half receptions, 58 and a half receiving yards. Theory is if he doesn't play, you get your money back. And if he does play, he's going to go under. Oh, yeah. And maybe they, maybe they, Play him in the first half and then sit him in the second half. I, I like that. What we're gonna we're gonna pursue that moving forward here with the same game parlor. Okay. Yeah. Well, Noah Gray action as well. Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah. Somebody's got to catch the ball. I Mahomes feels. I don't want to say weatherproof, but it does feel like even the wind's blowing a little bit. It, I think his arm's strong enough. I think he'll be okay. Russell Wilson, not so sure. Mm. Uh, which worries me about. How do the how do the Broncos get points on the board? Their running backs hurt. Uh, Russell Wilson doesn't have the arm strength that he once did. Mm-hmm. If the winds, you know, whistling, feels like it may be a tough game for the for for the Broncos to get any points on the board. Now, home teams have not done exceptionally well on Thursday nights since 2020. 23 and 27 straight up home teams on Thursday night. So, like, we thought that it would be a it, traditionally, oh, Thursday nights are a great spot for the home team. Not not so much over recent years. Uh, you and I were surprised, Fez, when we saw that stat a very, week ago. Because we thought, like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Bet the home teams on Thursday night. Not not quite the case uh, as opposed to all other nights on the season. But, yeah, the win streak, 15 straight games the Chiefs have won against the Broncos. Third longest streak over one opponent all time. So we got history. But we, we just saw the history uh, streak get snapped when the Chicago Bears won a game on Thursday Night Football last week. 
Maybe the Broncos snap another streak so. here on Thursday Night Football this week. All right, Fez, while we have you here, um, you mentioned the Major League Baseball postseason. You're not enjoying it because you don't think there's drama involved in the postseason. But looking at the teams that we have, at least that we know, are in the championship series in the American League. It's the Astros and the Rangers. And in the National League, the Diamondbacks are going to be taking on either the Phillies or the Braves. Phillies are just one win away from closing this thing out. Who do you think takes this all? Where are you leaning? How Have you been betting the postseason at all? What, have you been playing anything? I, for all I know, the season's over. I can't do all these multiple sports at once. God bless all the people that <laughs> are doing it with success. Um, but just just from a fan perspective, mm-hmm. I don't like the Astros because they cheated. Oh. And, I'm not really, and I'm not really a fan of, the, of Philly either. And because of that... Um, Let me guess. You're rooting for the Diamondbacks because one time you were in Arizona. You went to the game with Johnny. You had a great time. It's a great ballpark. And uh, you're going to root for those fans. Uh, I, I, you know, it, it seems like the long-suffering fans. It was hot in Arizona. Yeah. It, 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 it feels like to me, like I root for the Cubs because I because I feel like they they were the most long-suffering fans. Mm-hmm. So they're like the most deserving. I don't think like Arizona fans are deserving of another World Series. So are you cheering for the Rangers? Is that what I'm gathering here? Nah, I don't like their stadium. Looks unimpressive to me. Okay. <laughs> So you like you you have no rooting injury. You're hoping that the Dodgers win the World Series. I just series. hope it's all sweep so we get it over with. Well, oh. do, you, do you think though the downer? Do, are are you, do you have an opinion on you know a lot of people are upset with the format that the, it, it's not beneficial for the top seat teams to have a week off and they're all losing. Dodgers out, Orioles out, right? You know what? The the hilarious thing about this is that nothing could be more beneficial than the format where the poor other team has to burn out all their best pitchers. Yeah. And then play a rested team. And if it was that big of a deal, why can't these guys just play their, like, triple-A team or play a simulated game, get mm-hmm. some more bodies out there? They try. But it, it you doesn't know, work. Why? Why wouldn't it work? Mm-hmm. You know? The intensity level. It's just not the same. Well, raise the intensity level. Give everybody I agree. a bonus for actually I agree. winning. But the do, thing do, is. Do something. Don't do what you're doing going to Cabo or whatever you're doing. But the thing is, it happens all the time where uh, you have, or at least we saw it this year, where the team, the wild card team, yes, they have to use their pitchers early, but then they wind up being in an advantageous spot if they can steal a game on the road in the next series because then they have their start, their best pitchers coming back later in the series when they already have a lead, and it worked out for, I mean, Wheeler pitched game two for Philly, and they blew that lead, but he pitched great Gallon against the Dodgers in game two, so it worked out for those teams. Let's let's face it, 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 it was going to work out regardless because, like, you, you mentioned, like, you know, Philly's up 2-1. They, they, it should already be over. I mean, it's just it remarkable. Be yeah. Yeah. It should absolutely be over uh, if they didn't blow that lead. One pitch. One pitch. Low slider that hung in the middle. Austin Riley, hmm. home run. And that's why, well, the Phillies dominated yesterday, though. So that, that's why we have another game in this series. But the Diamondbacks sweeping the Dodgers. Whew. If only there was a podcast on pregame.com that called the Diamondbacks to beat the Dodgers. Oh, yes, there was. <laughs> the Major League Baseball podcast with myself and Josh Towers. There you go. Former MLB pitcher. <laughs> Grandstanding and hot dog in this Scott Simon Former MLB dog. world champion. Yes. You're on the roster. It doesn't lie. Exactly. (laughs) All right, Fez, thank you. Enjoy Thursday night football tonight. Thank you, guys. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore 
your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it. And it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Well, I'm Mike Fez. I'm loving the Major League Baseball postseason. And, yeah, part of the (laughs) reason is because uh, Josh Towers and I are just crushing it. If you haven't listened to the MLB postseason pod, we're posting it right here on the Straight Out of Vegas podcast feed. We'll have another episode coming out on Friday as we preview the championship series. But uh, I feel like um, like Lavar, you know, never lost. <laughs> it's kind of how things going well. For things you. things are going well in the Major League Baseball postseason. Things are going great for the Arizona Diamondbacks, who finished off a sweep of the Dodgers four two was the final last night. We talked about Lance Lynn and how we didn't trust him, and he was going to give up the long ball, and that's exactly what he did as Lance Lynn gave up four home runs in two and two-thirds innings. That's how the Diamondbacks got their four runs. They all came in the third inning. They had four home runs in six at-bats. This has to be like one of the most, I mean, the listen, the Dodgers had a lot of disappointing playoff results over the last several years, mm-hmm. given the, you know what they've put into that team. This has to be one of the most disappointing to not get a single win against a, a divisional opponent that, you know, you feel like you should be able to handle. This is a pretty embarrassing series for the Dodgers. But I look at the Dodgers and I didn't think that they were built for this postseason. Like the Dodgers had an incredible regular season. They win a hundred games. You look up and down their lineup, and yes, you have Mookie Betts, MVP candidate, Freddie Freeman, MVP candidate. They go out there and they handle their business with a plus two oh seven run differential, which is up there with the second best in Major League Baseball behind the Atlanta Braves. But they they kind of got, I don't want to call it bailed out, but 
the the division this year was not as competitive as in previous seasons. And yes, the Diamondbacks made the playoffs and they lose to the Diamondbacks in the playoffs. But the Padres had a massive down season. And the Giants had a massively disappointing season. And those are two teams that usually they'd be competing with. Usually there'd be something to, uh, there'd be games that they lose and it would be tough for them. I don't think the Dodgers were as good as their record indicated. I think the, the, the pitching certainly was not healthy. Their bullpen was tremendous. Starting pitching was not healthy. I mean, they were 8-5 and five against Arizona this season, so that's great. Against the Padres, 9-4, and four, beat up on the Padres. 7-6 and six against the Giants, so they didn't actually beat up on the, the Giants uh, at all this season. So, Colorado, 10-3. and three. Yeah. They just dominated Colorado. So, thanks for playing, Colorado. I, I don't know. I, I never thought – I didn't want to bet the Dodgers to, to win. I've been on the Diamondbacks. I bet the Diamondbacks every single game. I mean, plus one and a half, but didn't even need them. Uh, but I had the Diamondbacks to win the series. Josh Towers and I talked about the Diamondbacks to win the series. And now we could fade the Diamondbacks because they've won their World Series. Yeah, it seems that way. This was uh, this is about as big as it gets for them. So uh, I, I wouldn't expect – again, I, I, it also helps that the, the other two teams on the other side are so good that it's it's hard to picture the Diamondbacks beating them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this is the end of the road for them. Well, Bryce Harper and the Phillies dominate the Braves 10-2 as they take a two-games-to-one series lead, and they will look to close it out tonight in Philadelphia with Ranger Suarez on the mound against Spencer Strider. This is a rematch of Game 1 of this series. And you know, last night it was all about Bryce Harper as uh, Arcia, the shortstop for the Braves, called out Bryce Harper after getting doubled up to end game two in Atlanta with the attaboy, Bryce. And Harper stared him down not once but twice, rounding the bases on those home runs as the Phillies just blow out the Braves 10-2. to And as I mentioned, we have the rematch here of the game one between Strider and Ranger Suarez. In that game one, Ranger Suarez pitched great, but... Rob Thompson had a short leash on him, and it worked out because the bullpen was unbelievable. So Suarez goes three and two-thirds in that game one, only allows one hit, strikes out four. And then he goes to Hoffman, Dominguez, Alvarado, Kirkering, Strom, and Kimbrell to piece together the rest of the game. Spencer Strider, meanwhile, goes seven innings in that game, gives up two runs on one home run, strikes out eight. And the Phillies won game one, three to nothing. Does Snitker let Strider go seven innings tonight? Or at the first sign of trouble with the season on the line, does he dip into the bullpen? I tend to think he, I think these guys, when they tend to panic is when they're down, when their backs are against the wall. And I think when you've got, you're in a must win situation Mm -hmm. and that's what this is. I think you you make decisions that you wouldn't otherwise make. So I would say that they they jump out of the Strider experiment early. See, I think uh, the Phillies also in a great spot because of the big win last night. Uh, they didn't use Alvarado. Obviously, didn't have to use Kimbrel. Now Dominguez pitched, Strom pitched, Kirkering pitched. So did Michael Lorenzen. Actually, came out of the bullpen, which was nice to see. I see. I envision a scenario tonight where um, they're going to let Suarez go. Maybe a little bit longer, but I think that Alvarado's the first guy out of the bullpen, and I wouldn't be surprised if they go to Kimbrel early 
And if they have to piece together the ninth inning, they piece together the ninth inning. And maybe it's some, you know, Dominguez or whoever. But I think Rob Thompson uses the bullpen tonight because he does not want to let this go to a game five in Atlanta. No, I agree. So the Phillies will, both these managers will manage this game tightly as they look, as the Phillies look to close it out. And the Braves look to avoid any you know any type of panic and and try and get this thing back to a game five. I would actually have a lean on the under because I do think both managers will manage this thing tight. It is eight and a half Ooh. is the total for tonight's game. The over is actually minus one twenty because of how good both of these offenses yeah. are. But I do think we get to the bullpens quite early tonight. The other game that we saw last night was the Astros finishing off the Twins 3-2. to two. Nice season for the Minnesota Twins. They win the division. Uh, you know, We want Houston. Sure, yes, it's fine. But it, it's nothing to uh, hang your heads. It was a very nice season. They they, they broke the, the streak of the postseason losses. Congratulations. But you just ran into a championship team. Yeah, and it sets up the matchup that, you know, I, I think certainly Astros fans are excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm sure Rangers fans are excited at the chance to win this matchup, but uh, they're not not looking forward to what might happen if they lose. Uh, the, the, you mentioned it. This One of these teams is a, a, a season's championship team, and it's hard for me to pick against the Astros here because they've been there and done it, and the Rangers – are, a, are really a franchise that's struggled with postseason success. Game one will be on Sunday in Houston, where Justin Verlander is scheduled to start. We mentioned this is such a benefit for the Astros to win this game, win mm-hmm. this game four, because it allowed Justin Verlander to be ready to go game one. The Rangers don't have a match for Justin Verlander. There's not a Max Scherzer. There's not a Jacob DeGrom. They don't have a game one starter that can match Justin Verlander. So there's an instant edge for the uh, for the Astros in Game One, do you think they go Uvalde in Game One? It seems like the smarter move would be to pitch him Hold in Game, in game two, two on full rest because you you know you're going to pitch him twice anyway unless you get swept and if you get swept it doesn't really matter. So he pitched Tuesday, so it'll be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday would be the fifth day, but then you come you can pitch him on you know a full five rest right by letting him go Game Two. Let me see if there's an off day because that's the thing. It's uh nope Sunday Monday no off day built in. So that's that's. I think the move is to pitch. Plus also game. like, and you gotta go. You gotta you're gonna match up against Fromber in game two anyway. Yeah. So you got you gotta have you have to throw somebody good. Mm-hmm. Uh the, the the Rangers have one guy that I know they trust. That's him. Uh, if you start him game two, you know you can get two games out of him. Uh, you'd rather not start him on uh, even. Just one day short of rest. And Jordan Montgomery is good. So yeah, I think so you, you let go him throw. maybe Montgomery against Verlander game one. I think one, that's the move. And then Fromber and Yavaldi. and Yavaldi game two, and then come back with Dunning yep. in game three. That seems like the well. That's that's the rotations lined up that way for Texas in the postseason. So Montgomery started game one against Tampa. The rotation has gone Montgomery, Yavaldi, Dunning. Montgomery, Yavaldi. So Dunning would be the next guy, but I assume you skip it and you just go with the days off. You'll have. Montgomery start game one, Yavaldi start uh, game two. That'd be my guess. It, it, it makes sense. Um, the Astros are minus 140 for the series. Do you have a feel on that? You like the Astros to I win like, the series? I like the Astros to win the series, yeah. Okay. I, I think we get a rematch of last year's World Series. I think we do as well. And I think the Phillies win this time. Uh, I, I tend to agree. 
Oh, damn. I thought we were going to have a bet on this. No, I said at the beginning. You asked me at the very beginning of the playoffs <laughs> what I like to win the World Series. I said the Phillies. I was hoping to have a bet on this. No, I'm damn. sorry. I was thinking about like some like bar. You still owe me barbecue from the last I bet. I know, I know. But I was thinking about doubling down and maybe turning that barbecue into like a. A steak? Yeah. Or like a. Texas de Brazil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See if I can get that out of you. But all right, we're both the Phillies have to take care of the Braves though tonight, and that game uh, is in Philadelphia, where the Braves are the favorite to send it to a game five. Strider and the Braves are minus one fifty five. Ranger Suarez and the Phillies are plus one thirty. The only reason I did not bet the Phillies last night is because I had the series bet on the Phillies, and I I just didn't want to like double down. Because I felt like, well, if the Braves win, it's kind of like a double whammy. I lose my bet, and I'm hurt for the series. You know why I didn't bet the Phillies? Why? Because uh, I said, you know what? I didn't bet the Phillies. I meant to bet the Phillies today with Nola pitching. Mm-hmm. And open up my app. And the game already started. Top of the first. You didn't realize that it started at 2 Top of the first. Yeah. So t- tonight, to me, there's no reason for me to bet the Phillies tonight because I already have the bet on the Phillies tonight. Right. Phillies to win the series at plus 148. So if the Phillies win tonight... My plus 148 is better than the plus 130 that I'm getting on them tonight. Yeah. But I do like the under eight and a half at even money. Going over last night's college football games, uh, I was wrong. I I thought Sam Houston State could hang with New Mexico State. They end up falling 27 to 13. So Sam Houston still searching for their first FBS victory. And UTEP, the Miners, 27-14 winners at Florida International. Two games on the schedule tonight, and uh, I got a good feel on one of them, and that is SMU. The money's moving against me, though. I'll tell you that, which Mm. worries me slightly. Um, SMU, I I played at minus 12. Uh, There are 11 and a halfs out there right now. Uh, There's a rogue 11 you can get your hands on if you like it for East Carolina. But this boils down to me, SMU is a bully. Uh, SMU is a team that when they are playing against inferior competition, they, they're able to run up the score a little bit. When they have been bullied in the trenches in the two games against power, you know, power five competition, uh, Oklahoma and TCU, they couldn't do anything. They got smacked around in the trenches and, and just couldn't make their offense run. This can't happen here against East Carolina. East Carolina is a bad football team. They don't have power five talent. Uh, I think SMU can call their number here. And then in the other game, West Virginia and Houston, uh, there's two and a halfs and there's threes. Obviously, whichever side you like, you might want to uh, take that. I tend to fall on the West Virginia side. Houston can't stop West Virginia up the middle. I I think that the talent for UH is nowhere near a Big 12 level. And UH, 92nd in yards per carry allowed. C.J. Donaldson has been a real problem uh, on the ground for West Virginia. They've been strong against the pass as well. West Virginia has been. That's the only route to offense for the University of Houston. So I like West Virginia to get the job done. Again, find a two and a half if you can. Uh, but if you like Houston, make sure you find those threes. A little personal for Dana Holgerson. Yeah, you could be facing, mad all you want. Facing his former program. You, you, ain't got, you ain't got what it takes, unfortunately. Connor Bedard got his first NHL goal. Congratulations. The first of likely many. The Blackhawks, though, losing on the second night of a back-to-back. The Bruins winning last night 3-1. to But Connor Bedard does get his first NHL goal. So if you're betting him anytime goal scorer, congratulations. You're one for two. You lost the other night. You, you won last night. He did go over his shots on goal once again. I had major FOMO for not playing that. I just... <laughs> 
I didn't know what to think on the second night of a back-to-back, you know, against a great defensive team in Boston. Like, maybe the shots weren't going to be on goal. Maybe they were going to clog up the lanes a little bit. But uh, he wound up getting, I believe it was six shots on goal for Bedard last night. And he does score his first career NHL goal, so congratulations. I gave out one he's play. A vo- he's a volume shooter. Yeah. I gave out one play on pregame.com. It was the over six in the Hurricanes and the Senators. Carolina wins 5-3. So that game shoots over, and Carolina takes their first step towards possibly winning a Stanley Cup this year. They are the overwhelming favorite. They can win the East. VGK. VGK. Carolina is the favorite to win the Cup. Uh, a, a battle up in Toronto. That's in Canada, eh? Uh, the Maple Leafs defeat the Canadiens 6-5. That game went over. Bunch and this one was in a shootout as uh, Toronto had to come from behind, win this one despite a furious effort from the Canadiens in the third period. So 6-5, Toronto wins in the shootout. Austin Matthews with uh, what the folks call a hat trick. Nice. Three goals. Toss those hats onto the ice. The Flames defeated the Jets 5-3. to Jacob Markstrom made 34 saves for Calgary. Canucks dominate the Oilers 8-1. 8-1. Brock Besser scored four goals on eight shots in this game. And Aren't the Oilers supposed to be pretty good? Yeah, people were saying this could be the year for the Oilers to yes. finally win a cup. Uh, both Skinner and Campbell, not good. Both allowing four goals on 16 shots each. Meanwhile, uh, Thatcher Demko allows one goal on uh, 22 shots. Casey DeSmith had to come in and faced five shots. So Vancouver with an 8-1 route. Brock Besser, man, wow, that's incredible. Four goals. Uh, Luckily, I, would... I played plus seven and a half. Oh, you the, did? Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So uh, if, you're, <laughs> if you're keeping score at home, Besser leads the NHL in goals. And uh, the Avalanche with a 5-2 win over the Kings in L.A. last night. Mikko Rantanen with two goals. So let's take a look at what we have on the schedule tonight as more teams start their 2023-24 campaigns, including the New York Rangers, who will be at the Buffalo Sabres. The Rangers are minus 135, and we likely are seeing an Igor Shesterkin matchup against Devin Levy. Devin Levy's an interesting case. Uh, I talked about him as a possibility for the Calder Trophy, Rookie of the Year in the NHL. Obviously, I like Luke Hughes better. We all know about Connor Bert- But Devin Levy is a good young goaltender that if he winds up playing and starting for, you know, a Howard 50 something games at 12 to one, maybe Buffalo has a a surprising season and and, you know, Owen Power leads the way and, you know, they wind up making the postseason. Who knows? But Levy could be uh, this is kind of like the veteran Shesterkin against the youngster Levy. uh, Levy. I I, I lean Rangers. Um, I think the Rangers in my power rankings, top five team in the NHL. Wow. Yeah. On the bottom end of that top five. But fair enough. They're pretty good. Flyers are at the Blue Jackets, two bottom teams this year in the NHL. Columbus, minus 130 at home. Carter Hart expected to go for Philadelphia. Elvis Merzlikens Your boys. is scheduled to start. So is that the DraftKings dog of the day? Or are you uh No, I'm not touching it. I don't like it. I don't like either of these teams. Okay. It's just uh, <laughs> I gotta see what happens here first uh between the Flyers and the Blue Jackets. But yeah, uh these were 
two bad teams last year, two bad teams are going to be this year. Red Wings are at the Devils. The Devils, one of the highest-ranked teams in my power rankings. Devils are minus 267 here against the Red Wings. It's a monster number. It, I, Billy Huso is getting the start for the Red Wings. Uh, last season, 26-22-7 record with a 3-1-1 goals against average. Vitek Vanacek likely to go for the Devils. I, I, I like the Devils a lot. I really do. They're, to me, the second favorite to win the Stanley Cup. But Vicky Valencourt is the devil. Yeah. This is a big number on opening night. I'd rather play maybe some Devils props, like a Devils team total over. I'm going to explore some of that. Maybe like a Jack Hughes points, shots on goals, things like that to explore tonight against the Red Wings. The Kraken will play their second game uh, against the Predators, and Nashville is minus 120. Nashville, who lost their opening game in uh, Tampa, so this is their home opener. And it looks like it's going to be UC Soros again. Philip Grubauer scheduled to go for the Kraken. We have the Blues at the Stars, where Dallas is a minus 220 favorite. Jake Ottinger likely to go for Dallas. Jordan Binnington for St. Louis. And I like Dallas last year. I thought Dallas was, I picked them in the playoffs to, to win the Stanley Cup. They're right around 7, 8 or so. They're a top 10 team in the NHL. I do like Dallas at home. It's a big number, but I like them at home here. Wild host the Panthers. Minnesota's minus 125, and we will have Kapo Kakinen. Oh, no, that's for the San Jose Sharks. Um, well, say that name again? Uh, that's for the Sharks. I'm, I'm, I'm ahead of myself. Philip Gustafson going to get the start for Minnesota. Sergey Bobrovsky for Florida. I like the under in this matchup. Six and a half. These are two elite goaltenders. These are two really good defensive teams mm-hmm. uh, from a season ago. So I think we see an under between the Wild and the Panthers. And then VGK will look to make it 2-0 to start the season. They're in San Jose against the Sharks. And it is Kapo Kakinen getting the start for, <laughs> for San Jose. Kakinen in net? Kapo Kakinen. In in net? Yes. Kapo Kakinen in net uh, against <laughs> against Logan Thompson. Logan Thompson will get the start for the Golden Knights. VGK is minus 240 on the road. Kakinen last year, <laughs> 9, 20, and 7 with a 3.85 goals against average. It's his fifth NHL season, and I have San Jose rock bottom in my power ranking. So are you saying make a play on VGK here? I'm saying goal and a half. I like VGK. Maybe a VGK team total over. Uh don't trust Kokkinen and like I said, Me I have either. I have San Jose as the bottom team in my NHL power rankings. Kokkinen bottom. Kokkinen <laughs> bottom. Make sure you guys go to pregame.com. My NHL package is still up and available, and we are off to a 3-0 start so far this season at pregame.com. You can go to the website and take advantage of that offer as well as a various amount of discounts at pregame.com. We have an exciting rest of the week, which is really just one show, Well, Football Friday. Oh, yeah. So we have all of the football that we're going to be previewing for the weekend, college football Saturday, and uh, the NFL obviously on Sunday. We have the baseball podcast. Josh Towers and I are going to record on Friday, so we'll have that and preview the championship series or maybe a game five between the Braves and the Phillies. Who knows? But also on tomorrow's show, AJ, we're previewing the UFC card 
Yeah, and we have a guest coming in with us. Uh, Adrian Yanez is going to join us uh, to talk about his fight uh, on the on the. It's at the UFC Apex mm-hmm. this weekend, so we'll uh, we'll get his thoughts on fighting in the Apex. And uh, I want to talk to him about the 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 stuff going on with USADA. Uh, announced today that USADA and the UFC are ending their relationship. Seems mostly like most mostly because they just want to get Conor McGregor in a fight as soon as possible. So because uh, because the UFC wants to get Conor McGregor, they want to over they want to skip over what USADA wants to do. So Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk to Adrian Yanez about about all of that thing. And Yanez, what's his what's his odds looking like for this weekend? It's about a coin flip fight right now. So uh, taking on Jonathan Martinez should be it's about 105, 106, okay. uh, depending on what, what book you're at. But it's a, uh, a very close fight and should be a banger. Uh, Yanez coming off a loss uh, against Rob Font. So first time in since he's, uh, since he's lost one in the UFC. So looking forward to, to talking to him tomorrow about how, how his mindset changed, what, the, what, what went wrong in that fight, and what he plans on changing going forward. Sick. Looking forward to that. You'll have a full UFC card available, of right, course. on pregame.com. Of course. Hey, take $15 off anything at pregame.com. It could be a daily best bet. It could be uh, a weekend or all access. It could just be one play. It could be a subscription. Whatever you want. $15 to spend at pregame.com if you use our promo code PUCK15, P-U-C-K, PUCK15, will allow you to save $15 at pregame.com. So if you have a, a daily best bet, a three-star play that's $25, well, take $15 up and it only costs you 10 If it's a $20 play, guess what? Only costs you $5. Take $15 off at pregame.com using the promo code PUCK15. For A.J. Hoffman and Steve Fezzik, I'm Scott Sadenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.